I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. This episode we have a special guest for you, the 2018 Rookie of the Year, a two-time All-Star, WNBA MVP. Our next guest is larger than life and has a statue in South Carolina to prove it. This episode, we welcome Asia Wilson to the show. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash windsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com. While you're over there, you can check out our overseas tracker. It's live now. You can see where your favorite WNBA players are playing overseas all in one place. I know this is a big episode for Rachel and I. We're very excited for it. So without further ado... Welcome to the show, Asia Wilson. Asia, welcome to the show. We're very excited to have you here. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I see this all the way, all on my Twitter, so I'm happy to finally be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, flattered. We got we to gotta hit this off, you know, with, with the big news right away. You have a freaking statue of yourself at your alma mater. How did that come to be? And because if I if my memory serves me, they announced it when you graduated. T- tell us a little bit of that story and, and what that meant to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, the University of South Carolina honestly went all out when it came to, you know, graduation. I had like the 22nd seat and it was just like pretty cool at how they really put a lot of thought in it. And I guess they did that because they needed to know where I was going to sit when, uh, you know, our president was going to announce that we were actually going to have a statue of me. And that was incredible i honestly i was looking at my phone i wasn't even paying attention because that was towards the end of graduation i already got my diploma and stuff uh and then that's when our, our videographer guy was like asia like you need to pay attention to this and i kind of looked up and that's when he announced it to pretty much everyone in colonial life arena and i thought it was a joke at first like it was being thrown around after we won a national championship but i didn't really think it was honestly going to come into form and then that's when it happened and I still thought it was a joke until NBA All-Star. I had an opportunity to, in Chicago, I had an opportunity to go see Miss Julie, actually the clay mold of the actual statue with Coach Staley in. I mean, it was just surreal to honestly see it. And then once I got on my way home and I saw the pictures, I was like, what in the world? Like, this is real. Like, this is actually me as a statue. Like, that's incredible. So it's definitely an honor, but I can, it's definitely different from what I thought it was going to be. Hopefully it's not the last statue of you. And hopefully they give you like a little <laughs> mini version that, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. If you want to, I'm not a, a designer, but if you want to put one of those in like your front lawn with the whole waterwork thing, I think it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Have like water spurting out from my mouth, like a little fish or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, Asia, I, I have to say such an emotional day. I, I've been fortunate yeah. enough to be able to follow your career from a very young age. Um, you know, at least AAU, you know, travel days and everything. And and I think I speak for anyone who's a fan of women's basketball. That was such an emotional day. And you are such a phenomenal represent representative of our game. And it, you are so deserving of that. So I, I just want to tell you that and, and what you mean to this game. Um, you cannot be measured. So congratulations on that. But I do want to bring up the quote that, you know, you had kind of talked about your grandmother. Um, yeah. And that's where I, that's where I lost it. Can you just kind of 
dive into that quote and those feelings and those emotions? Yeah, I mean, that part, you and I both lost it, honestly. Um, I, I was holding it down. I was doing pretty good uh, throughout the whole ceremony because normally I'm a bucket of tears, but I just really, and I read, I rehearsed my speech like a million times and I had it and I was just like, okay, I'm good. But, you know, something about just being in the moment and feeling those feelings and actually reading those words and kind of putting in perspective of my grandmother couldn't even walk, literally couldn't even walk on the campus that I attended for four years and now it just holds the statue of myself and that's just incredible to even think about it's it's kind of hard to believe I think because you know you kind of get lost in the sauce sometimes you kind of go through the motions but when you have someone like especially like a grandmother that you're really really close with and you see all that she has done my grandmother lived 95 years amazing years and she had a blessed life and it's just like but it always wasn't like that uh, just the parts that I saw, it looked like it was amazing. But, you know, I, before those times, it was it was hard for her. And, and now, you know, now when every young black girl or every, anybody can just walk up and see, wow, she came to a predominantly white institute. Uh, mm-hmm. She could have been, could have went anywhere else, but yet she stood her ground and, you know, conquered that. And I, I'm just for, for grateful to be, you know, that the thing that shows kind of our ancestors, put a an, smile on our ancestors' face in a moment that I'm just, truly grateful for. Well, like I said, you are so deserving and you are a remarkable um, woman in our game and we thank you so much. But I do want to talk, you know, you you have a a different story in terms of your journey with basketball from a young age and um, talk those who may not know your, your, your start of basketball, how you fell in love with the game when you began the game. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would have to say I'm a late bloomer. Uh, I didn't pick up the basketball when I was two. I picked it up maybe when I was like 11-ish, maybe 12-ish, and I was not good at it. Uh, I sucked. I was horrible. I was the last person on the bench. Um, Even if we were up by 50, I probably still wouldn't get in because it's just no point of her putting me in. And uh, it was a, it was something that I just kind of fell into my role. I was like, okay, I'm going to be the best cheer, cheerleader I can be for my teammates. Uh, I knew I sucked pretty bad when my dad was the assistant coach and he still didn't play me. I'm like, I am your blood. Like, you, <laughs> I suck that bad that you cannot put me in for like two seconds. Um, so, I mean, that's when it all started. I And then I just saw my teammates, like how much joy they had of winning and how much fun we had off the court. I was like, you know, I want to be a part of this. I want to say that I helped out get, get a win. And that's when I just started falling in love when I started gaining a passion for it. Uh, I used to hate waking up in the in those mornings, those Saturday mornings, going to practice. And I'm like, I'm waking up to sweat. Like this is disgusting. Uh, so I was that type. I was that type of girl. But you know, once I started, once my dad got me my first basketball, well, my mom and dad got me my first basketball goal, maybe when I was 13 years old. You couldn't pull me away from it. Uh, I I just loved it. I would watch it all the time. That's when I really started watching Blake Griffin at Oklahoma, and like. That's something that always stayed on my TV. I just loved the game, and I fell in love with it. And then, you know, the rest is pretty much history. I had I played AAU for maybe two years, and I joined the USA Junior National Team and just kept going. And, and I'm just super happy uh, to think that, you know, that 13-year-old Asia didn't even want to sweat, and yet here she is sweating for a living. So it paid off for sure. <laughs> it, it It's crazy to me. It's almost like, you know, literally a spark just got ignited in you at some point, you know, you were, you were yeah. just a ticking time bomb and it was just bound to happen. Uh, thankfully yeah. we all, we all get to witness it, but you know, you, <laughs> obviously I, I don't even know if you've reached the peak of your play, honestly. And you talk about yeah. being a late, late bloomer. You talk about even post players developing later. And so this kind of leads me to your, your collegiate career. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, playing, 
for South Carolina playing for Don Staley. What was that decision like for you? What led you to South Carolina? Yeah, um, I mean, it's kind of funny, and I'm going to sound crazy, but uh, when you're when you're 16 years old, you know, and you're in South Carolina, and the biggest thing you want to do is just get out of South Carolina. You're like, oh, my God, I want to get away from my parents. I want to have a great college career and life. So I want to go somewhere that had, like, you know, the cutest boys, and it was like a nice little school, and I could just have fun with it. Uh, but then reality hit in, and when I say reality, I mean my mom kind of knocked me down. It was like, Asia, like, you can't do this. You have to go with something bigger than you, and and that's when I really started to look at Coach Daly and what she's done with the South Carolina program growing up in it, seeing her do it and seeing what she accomplished with the team that she had. And I was just in awe of it. And I was just super lucky to have it in my backyard. Uh, I think if Coach Daly was anywhere else, I probably would have still went to uh, follow and, and play underneath her. So um, I kind of a lot went into it because I was kind of waited a while to make my decision because I just didn't know. Uh, but once I started looking at what I wanted to accomplish, uh, who I wanted to be, I kind of looked at Coach Shelley and said, wow, she did it all. She can tell me everything about it. And that's what really made me fall in love with uh, her and, and the school as itself. And it was just a lot of fun from there. I really enjoyed it. Well, we the your admiration for Blake Griffin is well documented. And I got to say prop <laughs> because not many redheaded NBA, WNBA professional athletes. So big fan of it. But I'm curious, you know, you spoke of Don Staley. Were there other WNBA people? You know, did she maybe put you on some names that kind of inspired you during that journey before you made it to the league? Um, I mean, I, I guess like every young, other other young black girl, Candace Parker was always up there. Uh, she was the one that changed the game in my eyes. She's someone that really opened up a lot of doors for young black girls like myself. Um, someone that just made it look a lot of fun. I love Lisa Leslie, but I didn't never have the opportunity to watch her play. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, and I just go off of what I see and I'm like wow like Lisa Leslie's dope I love it like that's that's where I honestly fell in love with it I had her jersey and it was everything but you know Candace Parker was my era of play in the beginning to where I could actually watch it and her things that she's done at Tennessee and, and things that I see her now do in the league it was definitely a moment where my idols became my rivals in the league and I was just I always get excited to compete against her because I know First of all, she's one of the best. And, and for, second of all, she's going to always make me play my best game. And, and that's what I can appreciate the most. But I think with between Lisa Leslie and Candace Parker and Cheryl Swoops, those three are like the people that I'm like, this is who I do it for. Like this, these, these three women have paved the way for young girls like myself. Yeah. I mean, look, the greats always want to go up to the great, you know, iron sharpens yeah. iron. Perfect reference. Mm -hmm. I'm actually looking at a, or my next question is about overseas, and I'm currently looking at a Candace Parker China League jersey. So I want to talk yeah. to you. You know, yeah. the WNBA players playing overseas gets a lot of attention, and there's the positive aspect of it that you're, yeah. you know, you get to fine tune your craft and you get to go up against other professionals and and adults and and get ready for the season. But then there's also the very well-known, well, also the money, but then there's also the negative of it uh, that you are just straining your body for the whole year. So I'm curious for you, somebody who is, you know, one of the biggest names in the W, obviously many overseas teams are calling you and your representation, but what goes into yeah. your mindset to make the decision of whether or not you're playing overseas? Um, I mean, it honestly is just a lot, uh, a lot, just kind of what I think about just with, like you said, my body, uh, majority, I've really focused on my mental uh, especially depending on kind of the season that I had leading up to the point because I battle with a lot of different things and, and it just, you know, I, that's a big key to me because if, if I'm not happy, then, you know, I can't perform the way that I, uh, the way that I should. And I just don't want to put 
any professional league through that. Uh, they don't deserve that. So, you know, when it comes to just thinking about overseas play, I would love to get back to it. I would love to be in it because, you know, th- like you said, it, it keeps you going. The money's great. The fans, when they were fans, they don't see gender. Uh, they love the game. And, and that's why I enjoy playing overseas, even when it comes to just USA basketball, uh, because it, the different style of play is just, it's amazing how we all love this game, but yet it could be so different. Uh, and so, but the biggest thing that just comes to mind is just a matter of what I want to get done in the off season. Uh, and this is, that's honestly what it comes from. If I want to be in the community more, or if I just want to work on my game a little bit more, or if I just want to go play. So it, it's, it's a lot. And I really talked with my agent Jade about it and through and through, and she always brings me different things. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just really where Asia's heart is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, shout out to Jade. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> a, a big question I always have for, you know, we've recently, we had Crystal Dangerfield on, we had your podcast buddy Nafisa on. Um, yeah. And a question I'm always curious about, well, twofold is, did you expect when you came into the league that you were going to hit the ground running like you did? And then the follow-up is kind of, if you could reflect on, you know, season two, season three, now that you've established yourself in the league and you kind of got a target on your back, how did you see, you know, teams play you differently? Yeah, um, no. When I first entered the league, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh, I just knew that, uh, sorry, the bell is going off in the terminal. But um, I just, I just Bill put me out in front and he said, you know what, you're going to carry this team and you're going to be the leader of this team. And I was just like, excuse me, what? Like, you're talking to a rookie here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here to have, I just finished college like two weeks ago, dang near. And now you're asking me to lead this professional team. And I didn't honestly know what to do. I just knew I had to be myself. And I was excited to just get out there and play against the greats. And I think that's what fueled me. Uh, to keep going and you know when I look now at year two and three and how I'm slowly starting to like establish myself in the league I'm excited for it I, I'm excited every single night especially in the bubble I was just so ready to play I'm so glad that games were every other night that I could just kind of go and just play and be free and have fun with my teammates and that's what it's really all about for me and when I look at it, I'm like, dang, I'm seeing different looks every single night pretty much uh, different style of play I mean I had Brianna Turner on one end, who's long, lanky, and then I had Alyssa Thomas, who's going to try to beat me down every single time, and I was really appreciated because then it made me tap into my bag a little bit more. It made me try to focus on, okay, what's the counteracts of this and that, so it really made my basketball IQ get a little stronger. I, just, I didn't think that was going to come until later on in my career, but I, I'm, I'm really glad that I can have it now early. You know, I as a former post player, and like I was old, old, old school post player. Okay, so um, I, I can't even talk about my game in reference to uh, how the game has evolved now. <laughs> uh, but I do love the way Bill Lambier coaches his teams. Um, you know, having an offense run through a dominant post player, dominant forward is just like Christmas morning to me. But you know, that that brings me to the point that I'm really fascinated to talk about, and I honestly love analyzing, and that is. All three years, I mean, yeah, every year you have a different team. The, the, the makeup of that team is different. Uh, year one and year three looked a lot different than year two, and, and that is with the addition of Liz Cambage to this team. Um, mm-hmm. That dynamic duo of literally the two most dominant post players in the world on the same court together, um, <laughs> this, this is, there's a lot we could talk about with this, but I just want to ask you, how do you feel your game evolves when she's on the court versus when she's not? Um, oh, got me there. Uh, I mean, I think honestly, it, 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 it helps me in a way because, you know, they have to focus on Liz. 
Like, no matter what, the defense has to respect Liz. And then it's kind of like, okay, but at the same time, you have to respect me as well. So then it made me kind of take a different look as to how the defense, defense defenders are going to play me. And it kind of gave me a little bit more elbow room to work with because I'm like, okay, I can now be a little bit more free because I know help side can't come over because they got to they gotta guard Liz. And if they don't, we just pass into her and make it work. And, and that's kind of key. And then that was the different look. And I was just like, okay, now I have to play with another big. And I remember finding myself in year two, I wouldn't, like, attack the basket all the time because I'm like, oh, help side might be coming. But then once I kind of figured out, oh, help side can't come because there's Liz, it kind of opened up a different, like, view line uh, than how I view on the court. And that's something that I was like, dang, like, this is pretty comfortable. If I learn how to get this going, we could be unstoppable. Uh, versus when she's not on the court, I have to know how to operate in less than, like, one dribble. And that's tough because it's just like if I even think I can put the ball down more than once, here comes the double team, here comes anything else collapsing. So it was kind of hard for me to kind of find that and switch it off on and off at times. But I feel like – and I've definitely concentrated that in the off season of how I can operate in small spaces because I really need to get good at that. Uh, but I think that's the biggest difference is understanding how – the defender, the defender has to respect what we have on the court. And once I kind of figure that out, then things can hopefully change a little bit in my mind. Uh, but it's definitely tough uh, when you can only take one dribble to kind of make your move. But at the same time, you know, I feel, I feel like every time it's a challenge, and I love challenges, so I try to attack it head on. I love how deep you went with that answer. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I have to toot my own horn, and I, and I honestly don't think I do this often, but when I, ha when I heard that Liz was um, going to be missing last season, I predicted you as MVP, okay? And yeah. obviously, you, you, you were MVP, but the only reason I, I believed that is, one, I've, I've watched you play for a very long time, but just the way the offenses ran, the touches – that you have to get right. Like everything yeah. goes through you. You, you have a huge yeah. weight on your shoulder last year to, to really yeah. be the, the fuel of that offense on the flip side of kind of the argument of, of, cause I, I see it as just two different dynamic offenses with you two. I, I don't see one is better. One is worse. I think they're just two different animals, but what Correct. would you say? I mean, there is one argument out there where people will say, Hey, this team might be better without Liz. What would you say to that? I mean, I would just, I honestly couldn't say anything because, like you said, it's, it's just not true. We're completely different. And I think once we get a little bit more time underneath our belt and understand that this is who we are and how we can play in that way, I think we could be unstoppable. I think people see it on paper and think X, Y, and Z, but then in real life, we're completely different. And it's just a matter of even in some games my second year when we got clicking and things were going and we had Dierka Hamby coming in and we had a big lineup – that just looks good. It looked great. And I think that's what people tend to miss because they all automatically think that, oh, they all do the same thing. Or, oh, this is the presence. And it is, but at the same time, we're completely different. And, and, I, I, and I just honestly think that's how, how it is. I see it as being different. Liz <laughs> is someone that's going to attract a lot of different people. And I enjoy that because I'm like, okay, now the attention's not all on me. And I'm pretty sure it's vice versa for herself. But uh, I, I actually like it because it's less people that can come on me and we can work from there. <laughs> sure. Well, we appreciate your candidness. And, and talking about game is what we love to do. So I want to ask you, put on your, your – go back to your Bill Lambeer wig put on your Bill Lambeer outfit, and I want you to critically evaluate your game. What do you think? I mean, we know what makes you stand out, so I think that's kind of the easy part, but what is something that you want to work on and you think is the next evolution of your game? Um, 
Oh, I think the biggest thing, and I've, I've said it before, and I know a lot of people will be like, oh, the three ball, the three ball, like, sing your game. Like, I have that. Like, I don't want it to be twisted. I don't want it to be something different. It's something that I have started to work a lot harder on, and then it's something that I'm like, all right, we can start adding it to my game and we can start working. But I'm also a firm believer in, you know, you got to go with your bread and butter. Uh, and and the bread, my bread and butter is definitely within the uh, the key of it. But I think the biggest thing that I really want to work on within my game, I think it's just, like I said, working in small areas. I think the bubble really showed me how I can get a lot of bang for my buck if I just know what I'm doing. And I found myself doing it in some games and in some games I wouldn't. But once I become consistent in just understanding how much space I honestly have and what I can do and how to create space in that way, I think it'd be a different ball game. Uh, and I think just when it comes down to that, I, I think that's my biggest thing that I'm like, sometimes I watch film and I'm like, oh, oh my God, Asia, if you just learn how to just take one dribble and do something, it could be a lot easier on you and, and my teammates as well. So that's my biggest thing that kind of frustrates me and gets underneath my skin. And I guess it, I don't know if it gets underneath Bill's skin, uh, but it definitely gets underneath mine. <laughs> Looking, looking at your game, um, I, I, I really think, how do I phrase this? Um, what separates the, the good from the great is um, a player's ability to elevate their game, I think, in, in late game situation, right? Like when the game is on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, when, and I think that's where you re, you, we see, you know, like, like, is this someone that can throw the team on their back and, and you know, really um, make that big shot, take those tough plays. Can they handle yeah. that pressure in those high intense moments? You have proven that time and time and time again. So I want to talk mentality a little bit, you know, your, your ability to do that through your whole career. We've seen it for a long time. Um, yeah. how did you develop that mentality? And I would even take it a step further. Like when I see you off the court, you, 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 you come across as one way. When you yeah. step between those lines, you're a monster. You change into this <laughs> different type of um, attack dog, if you will. And I say that with as much respect. But in terms of just late game ability to take that final shot, throw the team on your back, elevate to that greatness level, how did you develop that? Oh, I mean, I would have to honestly give that to my grandmother. I think she is someone that I've kind of seen work through anything. She was an independent woman. Uh, She got the job done by any means necessary, but she did it with grace and class and a smile. And I think that just trickled down to me. And it's funny that you say that because sometimes I'll be like, watching sports center, like watching um, like a re- replay of something. I'm like, Asia, why are you yelling and screaming so much? Because it's something like I just don't even feel it, but that's how I play. That's who I am. I love to get my teammates involved. And I think I just feed off of that and it creates this, this thing within me. And I'm just like, all right, it's, it's go time. I got to change it differently. I got to shift gears and we got to go and attack this. I think the big, the, like the time that really stuck out with me was the con series. I mean, Connecticut did not let up, and we knew they weren't going to let up. But it was just moments where I really had to dig down deep and say, okay, it's go time. Like, it's not going to be easy. But at the same time, like, I just make sure that I can have everybody out there on the court on the same page, and we go from there. And I think that just is something that I've just gained from my grandmother. She is someone that has been just so forward into whatever she wanted to do and getting the job done, and that's how I am. And always, always was, even when I was a young kid, just listening to my parents just tell stories how I would plan my birthday party and it had to be this way and I had it to do this way. And, like, it just transitions over to the court and, and who I am as a person that, you know, once somebody gives me a task, I need to complete it at the highest level that I can have it and, and, and don't back down from anyone. 
Love it. And shout out to your grandmother, man. What a, what a, <laughs> what a, what an MVP, man. She is. Right. <laughs> Um, I want to ask, you know, uh, you know, big year for Las Vegas, making the finals with a depleted roster. You had the MVP. Yeah. Hamby wins six women. She's a stud. Shout out to Dierica Hamby. We've had her on the show. Uh, we yeah. spoke to Vicki Johnson, uh, the newest head coach of the Dallas Wings, when she came on the show about a month ago. And she took a lot of pride in this, this, this Las Vegas team. She took a lot of pride in you and talking about you. Share a little bit of your relationship with VJ. Oh, man. VJ is, oh, my God. She is, like another mother figure for me uh she's someone that not only does she warm me up every single game and she keeps me on my toes and always telling me what i'm doing but she is someone that has just you know instilled just a little fight in me uh, a little bit more fight in me she's always constantly just telling me it's funny because she was actually in my video that they showed at this uh, at the statue ceremony and she was just always telling me you know stand up and she used to say that to me all the time and there'll be moments where i'm just like not feeling it i'm just down i feel like it's just things just aren't going and then BJ will come over. It's like BJ just always knew the right moment to say the right things. And, and it wasn't just a cliche type thing. It was something that I actually really needed to hear, whether it was good or bad. And uh, I know BJ's going to always be with me no matter what, even though she's with Dallas, I don't really care. I'm still probably going to text her as if she's at the Aces. Uh, and she's someone that just always believed in me no matter what. And she told me that I was good uh, before I got to, when I got into the league before I even played a game. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, I haven't even competed at this level, but you're here telling me that I, I'm good. I'm going to be okay. And I'm like, okay, if you say so. So she believed in me uh, always, and, and I know that she's going to continue to do that even though she's on the other side. Uh, but I'm truly grateful for G BJ for sure. Well, I, we hope you come back and you tell us what the, the little side bet you guys have going when you guys play the wing. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a little yeah. something, maybe a little ice cream, maybe a little <laughs> banana bread. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but we, we know you're the tea expert, so I'm just going to put you on the spot here. News broke, I think, last week, two weeks ago, that Las Vegas Aces are are, are getting new ownership. Um, and I'm curious, do you have any thoughts on this? I haven't heard anything from you about this, so I'm, I'm curious. You want to tell us anything uh, in regards to that? Oh, yeah. I know. I, I Honestly, yeah, I haven't really spoken out about it. It was a lot of things going on when it dropped. Um, but I'm super excited for Mark. Uh, I've had a lot of conversations with him uh, just talking about just how, just picking his brain and seeing how he thinks about just ownership and how, you know, how we as Las Vegas Aces do things. Like, I feel like we are one of the top teams uh, when it comes to just performance or entertainment of how we just put out things. I think that's the big, not necessarily performance, but like just the way we look, I think MGM gave us, they treated us like royalty. They gave us like this top notch standard. I mean, WNB all-star all was through the roof. And, oh, that was you know, insane. that's kind of, yeah, like that's, the, but that's the standard that they held us as is whatever they, whatever we asked for, they tried their best to get it. And I just wanted to make sure that Mark kind of understood that in, in the way that he talks and, you know, this is his, isn't his first rodeo, maybe on the W side, but, you know, when it comes to the Raiders and how they're doing in, in, in Vegas, it's just great um, in a way underneath his ownership. I think uh, football fans are probably going to get mad at me for saying that because I don't really understand it, but the way it looks, <laughs> it looks good to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I'm just super excited to have him on board. Uh, I know it's been a, long, a lot of things that he probably had to go through, but I'm excited to just pick his brain, continue to see, and give my input on how we can grow this franchise and, both on and off the court. 
All right, we've got one more question, which I always love to ask uh, before we get into some not so rapid fire questions. I'll let Aria handle those. Um, for the young, for the young girl out there, the young girl sitting at home with big dreams of maybe playing in college or playing in the WNBA, what advice would you give them? Ooh, I would just say be unapologetically you. Uh, I think especially now with society and everything that's going on around us, we kind of get lost in a lot of different things of who we should be and how we should look and how we should act. But at the end of the day, if you're just you and you believe in something and you have goals, you, you can, no one can stop you from that because at the, at the end of the day, you're your own competition. And sometimes half the time we got to save ourselves from ourselves at, at some point. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. And that's what I was told constantly growing up is just be you and be unapologetic unapologetically you actually have that tatted on me that's how true that I live by it so that's my biggest thing that I can give to the young girls out there that's just like waiting on something to happen just be you and and whatever it is whatever that may be just know that you're going to be you at the end of the day very true words spoken by the 2020 WNBA MVP now for our not so rapid fire questions to end the show uh we say rapid fire but no one ever answers them rapid fire so we've kind of (laughs) given it an asterisk um are you, are you ready? Because these are tough. I am ready. Okay, right. I'm ready. What is your go-to pregame meal? <sighs> Chipotle. I got to get a, bo- a burrito from Chipotle. I was going to – burrito bowl or burrito? Just a burrito, chicken burrito, okay. extra rice. How do you do that? <laughs> My God, that's incredible. Wait, wait. do you eat the whole thing, or are you like one of those people who eats like portions it out for the next 10 meals? Oh, no. I, I eat the whole thing. I get my bag of chips and my like orange – like juice and I go to bed after Listen, I eat it. <laughs> when, I, when I eat a Chipotle burrito, I'm, I'm in bed for the rest of the day. So props to you. Oh, That's <laughs> yeah, it fuels me. It's kind of like, I don't know if you guys seen The Office, but Michael Scott, when he eats pasta, when he does the marathon, that's how oh, I yeah. feel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to do a shameless plug for uh, for Mountain Dew and be like, oh, then I have four Mountain <laughs> Dews and it just fuels me. Um, but all right, you know, whatever. Uh, share with me your favorite Bill Lambeer story? Oh my gosh. Uh, my favorite Bill Lambeer story would probably have to be just, it, it's not even a story. It's just him. Every single day he brings in something and he talks about himself. And apparently he was in a TV show and he, we had to watch an episode of the TV show and, and all the way to the credits where we saw William Lambeer go across. And it's just, I'm like, I thought we were having film, but Bill loves to toot his own horn. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, I think Giggy has mentioned this maybe, but there is an old video game, Bill Lambeer Combat Basketball. It is one of the most frustrating games ever, and it's on like the oldest game system ever. But if you ever want the hookup, I know how to put it on on new systems. So just you just oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have any pregame superstitions? Oh, um, yes. I always, always, always put my shorts on last. And in some cases, I sometimes forget to either put my shorts on. Uh, but my shorts has to be like the last thing to put on. Like I put my jersey on, I do my hair, I do everything in like my one legging tight and my jersey until it's time to like go like literally walk out the door. Even my shoes are on, like everything is like on. So yeah, that's, I know it's maybe weird, but like, I don't know why I just, I don't know. And I, that's probably why I forget my shorts for half the game, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that is, uh, that's me. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I, I do actually have to ask a follow-up. When did you start wearing the leg sleeve? 
When when did when that I, start for you? Oh, uh, my rookie year. My rookie year, uh, I would have like kind of, I guess, shin in- issues my rookie year. I guess the pace of the game kind of was just like my body was like, hold up, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> so that's when I started uh, developing that. And then I, I got healed. Like, I'm good now. But I guess people started to fall in love with it. And I saw little girls like cut, cutting their pants. And I'm like, oh, my God, bless their mama's heart. I was like, I can't let it go now. Like, the mom is going to kill me. So <laughs> I just started just, <laughs> I wear it more for protection. And also heats up my left leg, probably the leg that I use the most. So it's all, that's always good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Uh, a tough <laughs> one. Who's the toughest player you have guarded in the W? Oh, I would have to say Elena Deladon. That girl is like, oh my gosh, I'm like EDD, slow down. Like, and, and it's just like, it's not even quick, but it's just like her movements, how she could just read the defense so quickly and how counter she, like how many counter moves she does. Just I'm like, I can't even show her different looks because it's like she knows what I'm thinking, like the look that I'm giving out. So uh, that's definitely a hard one to play against and, and, and probably, yeah, that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough one, but that would have to be my top one. You you might not get this reference, but I always call her the Peyton Manning of the W because Peyton Manning he was not fast, but he was just right. so smart that every movement he did was like it it was better than being fast. <laughs> yes, yes, like it made up. It was just like so like spot on. Yes, that's that's EDD. <laughs> <laughs> what song do you have on repeat right now? What are you going to be listening for this flight? Ooh, Rags to Riches. Yeah, wow. Rod Wave. I, I, I gotta that's my new jam. I have this new karaoke mic and I just can't stop singing it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get a video of that later. If you could travel <laughs> anywhere in the world, where would you travel? Ooh. Obviously assuming this whole COVID thing is done. God yeah, God. I would have to say Italy. I've never been to Italy before. So I would say Italy. You know okay. what? You are gonna love it. I can I can promise you that. I've been there many times. <laughs> Get your it's, ooh, yeah. hopped on. it's even better than what you it's even better than what it portrays itself to be so oh yes okay yes i really <laughs> want to go there <laughs> well asia we are so thankful for your time and to be the first mvp ever on our show we really are appreciative of you and we wish you all the best yeah. luck uh for the coming season and for the rest of your career but hopefully we'll talk to you very soon yes well thank you so much for having me